0: Welcome back to Below Average Gaming, where it took us four tries to get this thing started because all the meowing coming from both cats and children, but it's not nearly as much time as we wasted playing Medium over the last day. So here we're back and we're here to talk about gimmicks and games like Medium, which was just a big giant gimmick. I'm Josh. I'm joined here by Michael, who also went through literal hell with me, playing medium, so that you don't have to. How are you doing this week, Michael?
1: Ah, I'm doing pretty good. I This was not the topic we expected to be doing, but we changed
0: it after finishing the game, and I, I think we're both happy with that. Yeah, it's just like one of those things where it's just like you 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 wish the best of your children, but sometimes they just suck, and that's what medium is. It's that child where you're just like, you grew up to be just kind of a below average, below average thing. And it's just like, why? Why did you disappoint me in this way? You could have flown into the beautiful sky, but you went all the way into the sun. Your wax wings melted and you fell (laughs) to earth. And it's just like at the end of the game, they tell you to give feedback. Here's my feedback. Don't do this split reality thing if you don't mean it. That game had it almost started having a good story and then it stopped having a good story. It almost had a cool mechanic and then it stopped using it. And it's just it hurt me. It hurt me deep inside my soul. And I cannot trust anyone ever again. And now we have the wonderful voice acting by Troy Baker as the creature in that game wasted. And it's just why? Why? <laughs> so let's let's let's, go, let's start at the top here. What bothered you about this game?
1: I was, I was actually pretty excited for this game. I wasn't as excited as you were, but I, I really thought this game was gonna be good. And you like, you go in and you start, and you encounter like your first like split reality portion. It's actually like kind of interesting. The two worlds are a little bit different. You got to like puzzle it together. Yeah, and then the game just like does nothing with it. Yeah, and it just, just like kind of existed and just. It's just it's a mechanic that's just sitting there, and it's like this in concept is really interesting. And then in reality, it just like they did nothing with it. Like yeah. there were a couple scenes where you flipped back and forth, which were cool, but those didn't actually use like the split that they were talking about. It wasn't anything cool. It wasn't anything innovative. We've seen that. It's the exact same as like if there was a teleporter there in a different game, right? It didn't do anything fancy with it,
0: yeah. It's like, imagine Portal, if you only ever used the blue portal and there was no orange portal. That's what this game felt like. It was just like you had half the mechanic there, and it was really disappointing. Like, we're not going to spoil anything about, like, the actual story of the game here, but light mechanical spoiler, the split screen thing is never done uniquely, like, ever. Like, it's not actually interesting throughout the whole game. There's one encounter that actually has you flip back to to trick something and it's like that was it the rest of it there's no like unique part where you're like i'm trying to do this in this world while i'm doing this in this world and what i'm doing in each world matters like that never happened and it's disappointing because i was hyped for this game i was ready to come on here and be like this game's awesome somebody's done something really unique and obviously they didn't and now i have to sit here and be like you want my feedback as you put at the title at the end of the game in the credits It's like my feedback is you wasted what could have been a really good story. The thing that's not in the trailers is really cool that they covered this ground and literally was horrifying. The subject matter of this game is horrific. And then they just like went somewhere else with it rather than like buckling down on what was interesting and horrifying on like a personal level. And the game's not about jump scares. It's not about, or gr- grotesque violence to make you like feel uneasy it's just the story but then the story drops off a cliff it's like the last season of the season of game of thrones or lost or something like that all those shows that you've heard die in the last season or two that's what this game is it's something that started off interesting and then died the uh
1: The actual story reminds me in a way of how I felt playing Detroit. Where they wanted to make a point about something and wanted to make the game about something. And then like shied off of it. For sure. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, they did. It's just like.
1: At least to this super bad feeling. And you have, there's like a couple situations where like you flip back and forth between the realities that are really cool. But they never found a way to actually display both, which was kind of the concept they had toyed with, Mm -hmm. and actually have it matter. The couple sections where you are playing with both up, it just feels like you have to play both sections, those sections twice, one watching the real world and one watching the spirit world. And that didn't, like, add anything to the game.
0: Yeah, no, no. I like I my my stance on this game still with with just talking about the split mechanic is that it could have not had the split mechanic and they could have spent more time refining the story that would have just been better. It it's like you sold us this thing about split reality, you then said later oh it's not in the game like that much, but it's there, but it's it never really adds to the game ever. It feels like it takes away other things that could have been done better if they weren't doing that in the first place.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think it actively hurts the game. But when you put it in the context of they spent resources to do it, what else could they have done with those resources? Yeah, I the game, the game isn't big. No, the game's pretty small, all things considered. And just it never felt like these things were massively different. Like you could have just flipped back and forth instead, and it mm-hmm. would have been the exact same. In, like, all situations to me. And I wish that there was a situation where you can use this split reality mechanic and actually have both visible and have it matter. Yeah. And have, like, something actually affect it.
0: Even towards, like, different parts of the game, they do every single gameplay trope ever in a puzzle game that we've seen before. You move a dumpster. You change water levels. It's just like... done this like a hundred times. Oh, look, here's a contextual puzzle where you have to put things in order based on this other thing you saw over here. And it's just like you gave us this split thing and you're not actually making it part of the game where you could have done some really cool stuff with puzzle solving. And like even there's points where I'm just like, why didn't you ever do something with the way you switch back and forth to where like one half of her is in trouble and the other one isn't? But the one that isn't is the one that gets the other one out. Like, they could have really, really gone much bigger concept with this and done better. And it's just, it's just disappointing. Like, I can't recommend anyone play this game. If it's on Game Pass right now, right? Like, it's on Game Pass. If you have Game Pass and you feel like just looking at it, that's fine. But I'm not saying that, like, you should play it. Like, go. Don't don't buy this game. Yeah, don't buy it. Like, definitely don't buy it. If it's if you can play it for free and want to understand what could have been, then you play it. If you want to see like this, like small section in the middle that you're like, oh, my God, this is what this game is about. Sure, but just know that it's not going to end well.
1: Yeah, and it's it's really interesting because if you just take that center section. Because we both know what we're talking about. Again, no spoilers. We're going to try to leave that out. That center section was incredible.
0: Yes. It's like we were both like actually disturbed by what was going on. It's really
1: well done. The like every like the way in which they've decided to tackle it is really cool. And the way that they display all the information and kind of like trickle you into this information in this path is amazing. But the actual, like, base story of what's going on with the main character is, like,
0: kind of whatever. It's whatever. And they just, like, you had it. I saw where it could have gone. You had it in your hands. Brilliance. You could have had brilliance. And you, you lost it. And that's tough. Like, I after we played it, I watched in the reviews for the thing. And it was just, like, people were just giving it credit for this... Thing that didn't matter in the whole entire game, which is the split thing, and they're talking about this, this amazing story. You didn't resolve a lot of the story, you don't touch on the interesting part, you just have like this bland menagerie of like concepts with no concrete conclusions. And it's just, yeah, it's not my favorite. I just, I'm disappointed, and it sucks because I was like really looking forward to this game and it just fell off a cliff for me.
1: Yeah, there's a couple things that happen in the game where I'm like just from a logical perspective, I don't understand how this makes sense with the other things we've seen in the game. That's just like conceptually. I'm like, what the hell? And then also just the story did kind of fall off a cliff and they teased me a cool mechanic and then didn't do it. Yeah. Like even if you, if you take out all the areas where you can see both realities and give you a button to flip back and forth, the game's the exact same. Yeah. The game's maybe even better. And like, that's really hard because this mechanic in concept seems really cool.
0: Yeah. You you see, you see it there. Somebody gave somebody an outline that was good and somewhere along the way here, it crashed and burned. Now, that being said about the game, though, there is one thing I really liked about it was that the creature, which like you know, no spoilers here. It's just called The Maw. It, it's well known, right? That creature and that voice acting was awesome. I loved oh, it. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I was just like uncomfortable with some of the voice line readings. I was like, well, that's not what I wanted to hear today. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I, I do give him that. Like, Troy Baker crushed it. Like, that's one of my favorite performances in a game that I've heard in years. Like, that was amazing. It was so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and like it's not that everything about the game was bad. It's just everything felt bleh.
0: Yeah, it was just like this. Is it just kind of felt
1: like it was there, and it existed. Like it, you did it, but I don't know. And it, It's yeah. hard because they're like it's not. It's not like it's a AAA studio. It's a little bit of a smaller studio, kind of like that brink of being a actual studio. But it's like you were close. But not that close. (laughs) You
0: know, if you just took split reality out and just had her switch back and forth randomly without splitting the screen, I think it would have been better.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the way that they decided to do it also leads to, like, logistical confusion that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Because. Without really spoiling anything. You're supposed, she's supposed to like ex- be able to exist in both. Yeah. But then she can also just like sometimes choose to only exist in one, but you don't know why or how that works.
0: Yeah, they they hinted how it works. They never just like spell it out and it feels like. What did you just forget to design this part of the game? And it's it's tough. It's, it reminds me a little bit of Spec Ops the line. This is a something I had to compare. Spec Ops: The Line is not a good shooter. It's not. It's just worse than other shooters. But had an okay. interesting concept with how that story plays out. But for me, like I never finished Spec Ops: The Line because like I got what the game was about, but it was just like this is just a crappy shooter. Mm-hmm. And with with this game, it's just like yeah, I get it. I get what you were going for here, but this is just a crappy walking simulator. There's just, like, better yeah. walking simulators out there, right? If you want a creepy walking simulator, Death Stranding's as creepy as this game was. Or if you want just a good walking, like, What Remains of Edith Finch is another good one. You know, there's, a, there's like, a lot of really good walking simulators out there. This is not one of them. Because I think they shot too high and forgot to finish their storyline. And make a solid game. And they just relied on a gimmick. Which some yeah. other games have good gimmicks. And some games have bad ones and we've seen good and bad things happen, right? Like this is,
1: I think this is the first time where there's something in a game that I would consider a gimmick that has been this prominent to its marketing.
0: Mm. It was a huge part. Because
1: like, but barring like a couple things, like there's obviously a couple examples where it's been super prominent to the marketing, but normally those ones, they actually commit to it.
0: Yeah. Good or bad. They're committed. Like,
1: Whereas, like, this game feels like you wanted the marketing, but didn't want to actually do it. Mm. So you have, like, an hour and a half or whatever in the game that has it actually there. Yeah. And, like, you have this split reality where you establish, like, a set of rules and, like, how the world works when because you can exist in both of these. And, like, ten minutes later, you have a situation that happens That puts you into just the spirit world and totally throws all those rules and everything about how the world's supposed to function out the window. And is like, we function this way now. Sorry.
0: Yeah. That's just rough. You know, and we wanted to kind of cover some more. Games, consoles, just things in gaming that have had gimmicks like this. Be it good or bad. So we have a few examples each of here. Uh, Why don't you why don't you go first? I'm just going to sit here and wallow in my split reality of really loving the idea of this game and hating the execution.
1: Okay. I'm going to, first off, just to, on a general level, talk about probably the biggest one, motion controls.
0: Yep. I have that here too.
1: (laughs) Motion. Okay. And not every game with motion controls is bad. No, they all are. There's no, but like something (laughs) like Wii sports. Yeah. Wii sports is a fun game. I don't think you can really deny that. Like, sure, it doesn't have the longevity of other things. It's not necessarily the best game out there, but it's fun. And it's not like a problem. Mm -hmm. There were some Kinect games that were really good.
0: Yeah.
1: Even like if you go as far to like bring this into VR with actually like VR controllers and stuff like that. I have an Oculus and I love it. It's great. But games that shoehorn in your motion controls and... Sorry, Nintendo's the big offender on this one.
0: Definitely. Why the hell does Breath of the Wild have motion controls in it? I I, I don't know, because they're awful. They're They're really bad.
1: But you just, like, you put random motion controls into other games, and it's just like, this isn't good. It doesn't add anything to the game. It's just like, well, we have this capability, so we should use it. Yeah. But it's not like it's, like, thought out or, like, anything like that. It just kind of exists there.
0: The worst offender of this, I think, personally, is PlayStation 3 launch titles. Lair, this dragon riding game that made you use motion controls, was like a cool concept that you're like a dragon tamer and you get to ride dragons and stuff. But the motion controls were so bad. It was like going to the dentist, an orthopedic surgeon, and like getting your taxes done at the same time. It was awful. Awful. And then we had a game Folklore, which is actually, I think, a very solid like seven and a half, eight out of ten game. But the way you you acquired um, creatures and use your abilities is you have to flick the controller down a bunch. And it's like after a while, you just feel like you're shaking a paint can trying to play Folklore. And it's it's really crappy when you get like good game that has motion controls that then make it bad or like medium. Where it's just like this game is just like fine it would have been good if you just didn't put the motion controls in it. Which is like, for yeah. me, Breath of the Wild on Wii U <clears> was just like, bleh. Like,
1: <laughs> I think for, for Breath of the Wild, I played it originally on Wii U. I've played it on Switch now. And it's better on Switch with the motion controls because motion controls on Switch are just better. Yeah. But like, just the technology is just better. But... So, I don't know if you even know this because I didn't know this the first time I played that game. You can aim the bow with motion controls. I did not know that, Hmm. but it's totally optional and that's not a problem. Like that's okay, whatever. But then you have these random shrines that are actually just solely motion control puzzles. And it's like, why you have a lot about this game. That's really good. You did a lot of things really well. Why do you feel like you have to put this in there? Why not just have this shrine be another thing that builds on the things in the game? You've already done. Well,
0: there's one particular shrine in that game it has a very, very, very long motion control section to it that drove mm-hmm. me nuts.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's just, I, I don't know. It, it's interesting. And you have some games that like do it really well. And again, as I said, like I love some of my Connect games. Fruit Ninja Connect is like a blast and it's actually just a ton of fun. Most VR games like with actual VR controls are pretty good.
0: Yeah. For me, one of the big motion control games I loved was Killzone on PlayStation 3 when you actually had the light gun that you put the motion controllers in. The way that game worked with reloading and everything was actually really fun. I missed that a lot. I wish I still had my PlayStation Move stuff because that was fun, but it was optional. You could just play the game normally.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I just I think the little like shoehorned in do this extra thing with motion controls is Stop doing it, please. Yes, please. If you're selling me a game to play with a controller, let me play it with a controller.
0: Don't make it, like,
1: extra stuff.
0: Yeah. Another another general thing that I had here is with my handy-dandy PlayStation Vita. I was going to show you this, and that way uh, you get an idea. So the PlayStation Vita here, one of the things they sold was the rear touchpad. Now... The top has two triggers, and then the rear touchpad is where L2 and R2 are. But the problem is, to hold this thing, you have to hold it with, like, just your, like, one finger on the back. Otherwise, you'll end up tapping the back touchpad. And this is the thing they really pick on, this back touchpad. I have never played a game that made this touchpad feel necessary. (laughs) And it's just like, I love this Vita. I spent... A decent amount of time tracking one of these Vitas down. That was in good condition. Had a memory card. And you know that I could just keep on me for as long as I can. Because I've actually been using it like every single day now. Because mm-hmm. I've just been playing Fel Seal remotely with my Vita. But this back touchpad and touchpad controls in general. Are really bad most of the time. There's a few games that like swiping on the pads kind of fun. But Those are on PlayStation 4. The Vita, please never do this again if you make a handheld Sony because I have small-ass hands and I find this thing annoying as hell. I can't imagine somebody that had bigger hands playing a Vita because you would just accidentally click the back screen. You know how awkward it is in shooters to shoot with the back touchpad? It's awful. It's really bad.
1: Yeah, that, that sounds awful. I did not know that that was a thing that yep. they had.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's silly because they have a D-pad, two joysticks, they have all the normal buttons on here, but for some reason L2 and R2 are on the back touchpad. I feel like there's enough room to put a second trigger back here on each side, personally.
1: That's that's really interesting. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> that's kind of been the gist with handhelds, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like like the Nintendo generation was the, two, the 3DS and... The 2DS, right? Yeah. Like The DS and the 3DS, like for ninety-five percent of things, those that second screen was a gimmick and just like wasn't used, and it like displayed your menu, which you could have just pressed pause to have.
0: Yeah, the only good time I've ever seen the second screen on DS be is for a map in a game where the map matters, and that's like yeah. it. Yeah. And it's is is it worth having this flimsy little thing just to have your map on the bottom? Probably not. The, like, honestly. The design of
1: Nintendo's handhelds has just gone downhill since the Game Boy Advance. You
0: know, I'm going to agree with that I just find the DS awkward to hold because it has the two screens. Mm-hmm. It's literally why I use the Vita, not a DS <clears throat> is because it's one screen. The switch even being just one solid mass makes it so much easier to, to have around, put in your back pocket something open it's just a lot easier i can't stand dual screen stuff like that
1: yeah so we both have a couple specific games to talk about Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do one of my bad ones first because it kind of ties into motion controls until dawn okay now i really like this game i actually think this game is really good and it has something in it that i think could be interesting But was not done well. There are sections of this game where the like monster, like the the horror, like the villain or whatever you want to call it, whatever word you want to use, is outside of where you are and you have to be quiet. Mm -hmm. Like you can't make any noise in order to uh, to like tip it off. And the way that they implemented this is you have to hold the controller still.
0: Oh god, I did not know And if
1: you move the controller It can tip off the the enemy And I actually like Kind of love it in concept Mm -hmm. But in execution It just like didn't really like Imagine a horror game where there's a like Pseudo jump scare That if you move the controller You get punished That sounds sounds sweet to me but it never like quite hit that mark and wound up doing that. And just wound up feeling a little bit awkward in the times where it happened. And it's just something that like. It's a random motion control in a game that just didn't add anything. And like, it's it's all my list. It's what I wanted to talk about specifically because I think it's close. Like I think this this mechanic very well could add something and could be really cool. But I just don't think it's used right. So it didn't.
0: Yeah. Um. So I've I've got a I've got a couple different ones here. Do you want a positive or a negative first?
1: Uh give me a bad one. Give me a negative.
0: Vats and Fallout. Is an excuse for not knowing how to program shooting a gun properly in your game? Okay, I have a funny
1: story on this one. Okay. I'm really prone to skipping through tutorials aggressively
0: in video. Oh god.
1: So I had never played a Fallout game until Fallout 4, and I played the first like 30 hours or so of that game not knowing that vats existed. And then hit a point of the game Where the game was telling me to use this Use VATS And I was like what the hell is VATS I have no idea what it is The menu system doesn't tell you how to activate it Or what it is So I had to google it And figure out how to use this mechanic On the fly 30 hours into the game
0: So you didn't know how to use VATS And I skipped the Breath of the Wild tutorial We complete each other <laughs> Yeah, it's just like the, the biggest thing with VATS is is that if you use it properly, you can never die. And if you don't use it, your game feels like shit. It's like my big mm-hmm. thing. It's just if we had better shooting, you wouldn't need VATS. But now that you've made VATS like a mechanic of your games, if you take it away now and put better shooting in. People will get pissed. So now you're screwed with your I, crappy gimmick.
1: I liked Fallout 4 less once I realized VATS was a thing that was in the game.
0: Yeah, that, that's is busted then game, too.
1: I enjoyed that game more when I didn't know it existed, and I was just playing a shooter.
0: Yeah. But then you have Vats, so you're like, why do I need to play this as a shooter? It can just be like, <laughs> you know, like an RTS. Oh, I mean, like a uh, turn-based game where you're just like, oh, it's my turn to use Vats now. Click, 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 you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was- all, that
1: also put into, con- into context why some of the earlier bosses were really hard. But then I was really sad because I liked how hard they were and they weren't supposed to be that. No. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what do you have next? Okay. I'm going to flip to a positive one. Okay. And I I saw this as a gimmick because this is coming from my mindset when I started playing the game. Okay. When I didn't know that much about it. And that's God of War. The new one. Okay. And what I thought was a gimmick was the fact that the camera doesn't break in that game. The continuous camera, which I had known about from like a little bit of marketing and reading things. That's just something that contextually sounded like a gimmick to me. I was like, who gives a shit if your camera breaks or changes angles after playing God of War? I take it all back. It's one of the coolest experiences. It's absolutely incredible. The way that it flawlessly goes into like cutscenes and like loading zones and all that stuff with the with the camera is absolutely incredible. It's one of the most immersive things in a video game because it never breaks it up.
0: Yeah. See, the funny thing is going into God of War. I had a different perspective on that where I'm a sucker for long shots in movies. I love like long, unbroken shots in movies. There's even a movie I've watched before where the camera doesn't break like that ever. Like It just follows the main guy around. and It is awesome. Like um, it, it just it brings you into it. Like I said, it's immersive. You get really into it and you're like. You know, locked into the story because the camera never like cuts out. And that's something I really liked in movies. So when I actually heard that in God of War, I was like, nah, this is this is my jam. I love this.
1: Well, like, I didn't think it was going to be bad, mm-hmm. but I just, like, conceptually, I was, like, Why does I it was in a mindset where it's going to be, this will be a 1% increase on the game.
0: Mm.
1: Like, it, yeah, it'll probably be cool, but my perspective was it'll probably be okay and cool, and, like, I'm not going to complain about it, but there's going to be some point where it feels awkward, and it feels like you ruined a scene or ruined part of the game to make this happen. Mm. but they managed it so well that that never happened. And instead of being like being a 1% increase on the game or being a little bit of a difference, it actually felt like it added a ton to me, which was really cool. And adding a ton to a game that's already that good is not an easy thing to do.
0: (laughs) No. So I've got another positive here. Then Uh, Mario Odyssey, throwing your hat. When I heard that, I was like, wow, I'm never playing this game. I really don't care about throwing <laughs> my stupid hat around and like just never bought a Switch because I'm like, well, if I'm not going to play Odyssey, why am I going to buy a Switch? And then I saw like somebody do it and I was like, this kind of looks sweet. And now <laughs> I love the hat throwing. I've I've really grown to love that game a lot for the fact that it doesn't feel like every other 3D Mario game because it has like a really cool mechanic to it. I never played Sunshine, so, like, I never got to use the little squirt gun thing.
1: (laughs) Whoa, wait, wait. Okay, sorry. You you like that game because it doesn't feel like every other 3D Mario game, but you've never played Galaxy, Galaxy 2, or Sunshine, so you're saying it doesn't feel like 64 because you haven't played the other three.
0: I played for Galaxy for 30 minutes one time and turned it off. So you just have bad taste in video games then? Pretty much. I'm just basic, man. I don't know what to tell you, man. I got my Call of Duty. I'm playing Fortnite every day with the boys. <laughs>
1: yeah. The cap from Odyssey is actually a really good example, too, because I think it's a very good implementation of motion controls.
0: Yeah. I actually did use the motion controls quite a bit with the hat.
1: You you can throw the cap different ways, and it feels good. Mm-hmm. Like throwing the hat, like throwing for like a spin throw or like up or anything like that actually just feels good. And it doesn't feel out of place. It doesn't feel like it's shoehorned in or anything like that. And it feels natural.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I was just like really impressed. And the amount of motion that you have with the hat and when you get good with it, it is so satisfying. It feels like playing like a Dark Souls game and killing a boss on the first run when you get good with that hat. It's just so much fun. So hit me with a negative.
1: Okay. This is a game I did not play very much But mm-hmm. This is something that was prevalent In it's advertising Uh oh And Call of Duty Ghosts Has missions Where you play as a dog What? What the fuck? <laughs> yes Yes but That's all the That's it That's what all I've got for you <laughs> <laughs> that's actually
0: it like th- there's there's nothing else to say. that's brutal <laughs> Jesus well, okay, so uh, uh,
1: they they were they they thought we're we're making a shooter, we're making another call of duty. We really need to have a mission where you can play as your dog <laughs> he's named in everything he has a name. You can play as him in missions. This dog had a name, damn it. <laughs> they they also chose to name the dog Riley, which like doesn't have any reference on the mechanic, but just seems like a shitty thing to decide to name your army
0: dog. Yeah, it's kind of a crappy name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've I've got a gimmick here for you. A gimmick that was a lie. And just feels like really lame. And I wish it wasn't a lie. What? Game companies are allowed to lie to us? Of of course not. Cyberpunk runs great on all consoles. What are you talking about?
1: (laughs) Our trailer was made from in-game footage.
0: In-game footage two years before we started actually making the game. (laughs) So, So my next one is Hellblade at the beginning, tells you that if you die too many times, the corruption will take over and delete your save file. That's not true. Wait, it just <laughs> lies to you? It just lies. It tries to make you anxious and, like, play more carefully and get, like, all involved in the game because your save file is going to get deleted. It, that's not possible. People tested it. Somebody died, like, a hundred times at the beginning and was like, this is bullshit. So it's like that's
1: that's something that I wish they did. I think stick to your guns and do it.
0: That would be wicked. Yeah. (laughs) Or even just like have this difficulty setting to be like, if you put it on normal or hard or something, this happens, right? It would make the game so much more tense, but instead it's just like, no, you can just die as much as you want. It's not a big deal. The corruption never takes over and they make like a big deal out of it. Like it takes them like three solid minutes to like set up the story for it. And then they give you the message. And it's like, it ruined the game for me and the tension because I knew about it going in. So when it came up and they made a big deal about it and it's like a big part of the game about how like this corruption's taking over Senna and she might go crazy and it's just like, oh yeah, never mind. It's not actually in the game.
1: That sounds so cool and they just didn't do it. Wow. They just didn't do it. They that's, washed out.
0: It's like... That's awful. And, and it's silly too because like, even with... You know, quick aside here, Hellblade as a whole obviously was never finished because there's like literally sections where you can see ropes you should have been able to hang down from. And like you can't, but they're like really in obvious spots, kind of like in God of War when you knock the chains down. It's just like, oh, I see what happened here. And it's just it's it's so sad because I'm like, man, if if you told me that my C file would get deleted if I screwed up too many times, that sounds awesome. There's a, yeah. um, there's a prominent uh, JRPG, uh, I think it's uh, near Automata, I think, that if you choose to do the good ending, your save file gets deleted, and there's New Game Plus. <laughs> or is this like, you you did the right thing, but in order to do that, you have to delete your save file, and it means it. And that's that, amazing. Like, 100-hour JRPG, delete your save file if you want to see the good ending. That's awesome. Hellblade. That's amazing. Hellblade just didn't do it. Pansies.
1: (laughs) So So another one that I was happy with, and this is Shadow of Mordor. I think I've talked about this game before. Mm -hmm. I think this game overall is probably like a seven. Game's like not the best thing ever. I haven't technically finished the game. I've never technically played through the whole thing because the story is like kind of meh. But in this game they have this army mechanic for the orcs Mm. where the orcs have these armies and like generals and lieutenants and all this stuff. And you first get to it and you like, it pulls up the menu and you're like, Oh, this is going to be half assed and suck because usually mechanics like this in a game like shadow of Mordor just aren't good. And then it's really intricate and a lot of fun. And you can get, like, a nemesis and have to, like, hunt this down. And if you lose to a captain, they, like, get buffs and get stronger. And you have to, like, collect intel to know where the commanders are and go and hunt them down and run all around Mordor killing these guys. And it's just so much fun. I literally got to the point in the game where this was unlocked and just did this for, like, 30 hours and never finished the storyline because it was so much fun. And, like, you open up the menu and, like, I I don't know if you have this, but when you open up a menu and you're like, oh, it's one of these things that the game is going to half-ass and not really do well and it's just going to suck. That's how I felt opening up this menu for the first time. Yeah. And then it just, like, hit. And was just, like, really good. And I loved it. And, like, it's the best part of that game. And it's not the main storyline. It's not, like, core to the game or anything like that. It's, just, it's actually the funnest part of that game. And it's incredible.
0: That's sweet. You know, I have all those games because they've been on PS Plus. I like have all the uh, shadow games. I might have to hit those up sometime. And of course, I have to finish Felseal, which I'm like methodically going through right now because very hard is very scary. <laughs> OK, I've got a positive one here for you. It's not just one game. It's the man who made them. Every single game Hideo Kojima has ever made has some kind of weird gimmick in it. And they all slap like they're all so good. So a few examples are one of them. I uh, it's, um, I think it's Metal Gear Solid 3. There is a character in the game that you can kill by changing the clock on your PlayStation to make him die of old age. There's another boss that you can beat by switching the controller port in your PlayStation. And the same boss will also read your memory card and talk to you about what games you've been playing. In Metal Gear Solid 2, they had a whole thing where they advertised Snake as the main character and you could play as him for like two hours. And then it switches to Raiden for the rest of the game and they never advertised it. If you kill too many pigeons in that game, the game gives you a game over screen, and you get this whole lecture about how you're a sick bastard for killing all these birds for no reason. And that's just like a small taste of the stuff that that man puts in his games, and it is incredible. Um, kind of small, like. Not really a spoiler, but just like I mentioned, anything there's a part in Death Stranding where the game lets you create a loop of game over screens. Because if you're not paying attention to what's going on, you can like just keep getting a game over screen, and it's amazing. Stuff like that's like really awesome. They're they're definitely like gimmicks, like they're funny things. Like these boss fights where you have to like switch controller boards are just like they're gimmicks. But man, they're so good. They're so fun. It's just like it's just like that like getting in your head thing. But it's like, what are you doing to me? I think it's also Metal Gear Solid 2 where the game tells you at one point that you're going crazy. That you need to turn off your TV because you've been playing too long. And don't you understand? It's just a game. You can, can put the controller down. And then you wake up naked at an operating table in the game. And you're like, what the frickity frack is going on? <laughs> like... And that's why P.T. not being a full game yet is so disappointing. And like the rumor mill is that Kojima is actually making a full on horror game now. And why I'm so excited because the man who read your memory card made you switch ports, changed the clock on your console, making a horror game. That sounds insane. In P.T., the words you speak while you're playing can affect things. Like you can Talk. Into your controller while playing PT to solve one of the puzzles, and they never tell you that that's a thing. Like there's still secrets in that game that we're still finding, and it's just like Kojima's brilliant. Like he's a little nuts, but in a way that makes games awesome with all these little gimmicks he puts into them, all this weird crap.
1: I I I love games that get meta like that, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. Yeah. Something like even Doki Doki Literature
0: Club Yeah perfect example Like
1: the ending of that game if you don't commit Like if they didn't commit to that and it was half assed It would have sucked yeah. but the fact that they like Go all in and that game Just like ends in kind of the most Absurd way ever makes it incredible
0: Oh yes If if you go to play Death Stranding and you look at the main characters Uh like Below the waist too much He punches the screen <laughs> This is the kind of stuff that that guy does. And it's just the same thing that you said with Doki. It's just like they went for it and it's awesome.
1: Yeah. And it's something that if they didn't go for it fully, it probably sucks.
0: Yeah. Like Hellblade. It's just like that. They tell you something that isn't real. Doki is just like, no, you're stuck here unless you figure this out. And it's awesome.
1: Okay. I have a couple of general things I want to end on. Mm -hmm. So do you have anything
0: more for me? Um, I have a general thing. Okay. Amiibos that lock progression. Are there any of those? Yes. In There's a what? Disney game and Skylanders both have areas that require you to buy Amiibos, which, like...
1: Okay, the Skylanders... Skylanders as a game is kind of a bit of a disaster. I didn't know that they locked anything behind amiibos. Yes. But like the concept of you have to collect the figurines is fine. It's you're like you're just playing a collectible card game that costs infinite money, but it's a video game.
0: But it's just like it's a video game that you're paying full price for and then mm-hmm. you have to buy like $500 worth of figurines to play the game you already bought. Yeah. Did you see, apparently
1: there's a new game that's doing this A Star Wars game That's gonna have customizable spaceships That mount onto your controller And you can change the parts of the spaceship To change your loadout
0: It's gonna make millions of dollars and it upsets me
1: (laughs) It's gonna make so much money But it's gonna
0: suck (laughs) Like, I've played X-Wing before on tabletop And that game's great, like, X-Wing's great turning it into a video game that has you mount things and load them into your game and you have to buy things outside of the game to play the game. Just please God. Hey, no. It's almost
1: its almost like video game companies realized how much collectible games make.
0: You know, fair. Do you see the, like Imagine the Gathering, a Black Lotus just sold for half a million dollars? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Now it's coming to video games. I don't like it.
1: Oh, 10 years from now, when your original edition Skylanders monster will sell for like 20 grand? Let's go? Please don't ever let that happen. I don't ever want that to happen.
0: Like, I own a $400 video game that's in its plastic. And that's egregious already. Yeah. I mean, I don't have an issue with older games
1: having a value just out of account of like scarcity. Yeah. Right? And this is like, I I own a whole bunch of retro consoles. I I have some games that are worth multiple hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. I've been like actively looking for a couple games that are like between 200 and 300 dollars a piece right now to actually find when you find a copy of them. And I buy mint copies. I don't buy like heavily played ones or ones that are damaged. I try to buy ones in the best condition I can find. Yeah. But stuff like this has the issue where and I have this problem with collectible games and card games as well. Where you're artificially creating that. Yeah. And trying to kind of prey on that system existing. Where something like the big example to get totally off topic, but the big example recently is Flesh and Blood. Oh yes. We tried this so Flesh and Blood, for people who don't know, is a new it's a new collectible card game. Like Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon, that kind of stuff. And we tried it online. And the gameplay of it's actually pretty fun. Like, I enjoyed what we played of the game. But the distribution model has unique cards that print, like, one every, like, 200 boxes or something like that. And a box is probably worth, like, 100 plus dollars. So you have these cards that are just crazy rare and generally are also probably going to be the best cards in the game. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like... That, has a, that just has an issue with it. And it's the same thing with, like, when Magic introduced Mythics. And Magic dodges that problem and is a less offender, in my opinion, because usually when they do something crazy like that, it's a lottery card. Yeah. Where you have something like Inventions or Invocations or Masterpieces where they're fancy versions of existing cards. As soon as it's its own card that's at, like, one of these egregious rarities and, like, doesn't exist pretty much is where I think it starts to have the issue.
0: Yeah. One last thing about this Flesh and Blood, for an example, and I'm just mm-hmm. gonna, like, tell people don't play this this game, like, straight up, unless you're playing it for free or casually. Don't ever get involved in the tournament system. Do not, like, encourage this behavior. Free Flesh and Blood starter decks sell for $200 right now. The free ones that stores were given sell for $200 because they have a unique card in them. I've listened to many interviews with these creators, and it's at the point where they know what they're doing and they admitted it. Mm -hmm. To get into this game, a lot of this stuff is going for thousands of dollars. There are cards that are worth $6,000 that are in print in that game because they made them one per one per like 30 boxes or something. And it's like, yeah, that's the it's false scarcity and that a company could do something about it and they just straight up are not going to limited and unlimited printings of boxes are in print at the same time for that game. They release at the same time. They could just make them all first edition, but they purposely don't. It's really anus. Anywho. Back yeah. on topic. And that's just
1: in, that's in that front of like something to, to bring this back to the video game. Something like this Star Wars game or something like Skylanders. Mm. Skylanders had some units that were priced higher than others. Yeah. And I have absolutely no doubt that that also means that that character is better in game. For sure. And that's just I don't like that. No. Whereas if Skylanders sold where they were. Equal opportunity of getting all of them in mystery boxes, okay, fine. Yeah. Or even if you just price them all the same way, fine. But as soon as you know that you're doing something like that, it just feels bad. Yeah. And I'm not going to ever play your game because of it.
0: Yeah. And so, same one last thing on that, because it's a gimmick, right? This is a thing that people do. Magic did that with their Secret Layer series. For those people who don't know, it's just like a specialized series where they release products. The really sought after one. F- the Fetchland one, which are kind of required to play their older formats because they let you get other resources from your deck. They charged more for that one because they made the box different and they cited that as the reason is because the box looks different and it costs more than Manufacturer. That box didn't cost you $70 to make, you lying, creedy son of a bitch.
1: Yeah, and it's just... I get it, but you can at the end of the day, you're going to make money anyway. Like mm. realistically, and I, I stand by this with magic. I think wizards would have made more money selling the ultimate edition secret layer at the same price as normal secret layer. Yeah. And I don't really think there's ramifications for it at the end of the day. There isn't. It well, actually, sorry. Your ramification is that your future set that has fetch lands printed at mythic sells less.
0: Yeah, but, but that's
1: Debatable and that's The only thing yeah Yeah and I just I I I don't I think there's a correct way to do This if you want to do these sort of Figurine collectible games I think there is probably a good way to do it a way that I would be okay with But I don't trust any
0: of these companies to do It no Well do you have anything else for this Did, Any other gimmicks you want to go over
1: Um, I actually, I just want to kind of have a moment and just like kind of plead Nintendo for a second. Okay. Because you really need to settle down with this, Nintendo. The last like six consoles you've released all have some sort of like major gimmick as their defining factor. Mm -hmm. And yes, all the consoles are still good as far as their generation goes. But can you just give me a good console? Can you just, like, give me a 4K-capable, nice console and not gimmick it for once? You can sell your gimmicks as, like, additional peripherals. But, like, just give me something good. Like, for me, and I know we disagree on this a little bit, but for me, the portability of the Switch doesn't matter. Yeah. I I will never play this thing in portable just because I don't really like portable gaming. Yeah. But it's just, like, it's not my thing. I want a fully-fledged console. Just give me a fully-fledged console that doesn't have this, like, shitty dock that it has to sit in that risks damaging the console and just actually functions as a console. I don't want your controllers to be awful... And me having to buy a third, par- uh, uh, like a, an additional controller to play your games. I don't want Wii controllers that have motion controls built in, so every single game on your console shoehorns in some kind of shitty motion
0: control. No, I can't believe there isn't an Ethernet cord port in the Switch. I did not know that when <laughs> I bought it. <laughs> no, you have to buy an adapter for it. It's absurd. Well, even the fact that, like, like, the Joy-Cons don't come with the centerpiece when you buy new ones. Wait, they don't? No, they don't. They don't have the centerpiece in the box. You have to buy it separately. Actually? Yeah. Because the, the centerpiece <laughs> comes with the Switch. Yeah, but it doesn't come with the Joy-Cons if you buy more. You have to buy the
1: centerpiece. Wow. And so, also, can we talk about the fact that the Joy-Cons don't come with a way to charge them except attaching them to the Switch?
0: I'm experiencing that right now. I have three sets of Joy Cons. What? Yeah. Why? I, I, I don't know. This is was this was my argument against buying a Switch. It was a thousand dollars at launch for me to buy a Switch to play with all the members of my family, because the controllers were a hundred and thirty five dollars a piece to buy I mean- the two Joy Cons and the middle piece.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're still looking at a hundred dollars a piece to buy controllers for any other console too.
0: No, well, PlayStation Five is fifty here. Wait, what? They're fifty bucks, like all the time. They're That's 50 crazy bucks. low. Yeah, you can PlayStation find PlayStation Four 50 controllers bucks.
1: were like seventy or eighty when they came out.
0: Yeah, and it's just like, and Nintendo never lowers their prices. So, like, I'm sure my Switch is probably worth a thousand dollars after everything I've bought in for it just to make it work with four people. <laughs> But it's yeah. still a fun console, so fuck you Nintendo. It
1: is. It is. Like I just I wish that Nintendo would just release games that don't have a gimmick to them. Yeah. Just release me a console that doesn't have a gimmick to it. And I know that a lot of people enjoy it. I get that a lot of people bought the Switch for for the portability. Hmm. But give me give me a Switch Pro or give me something that isn't a mobile console. And give me something that I can just put on my desk or put on a shelf and just have it work and just have it play video games because your video games are really good. Except because you always have a gimmick with your console, the games feel needed to put that gimmick in. Mm -hmm. I think that's why Breath of the Wild has motion controls. Because they needed to shoehorn in the gamepad from the Wii U for some reason. Lord
0: knows. I why. actually
1: think that's why they're in there. Yeah. And I just like I don't like that.
0: Yeah. They always just push something weird. Like it should just be normal, man.
1: <laughs> right? I just like I want I want normal. Don't give me Yes, sometimes your weird things pull off. But give me the weird things as an addition, not as a feature. Give me a console and then give me like if you're gonna release the Wii. Release a fully functional Wii for the same price and let me buy the, like, messed up or, like, odd controller for motion controls separately with a a bar. Yeah. Don't make it a defining factor of your console because it makes them worse. Definitely.
0: Well, do you have anything else you want to go over before we head on out?
1: No, if I go on, I'm just going to flame Nintendo for the next like hour or so.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll stop it here. And and even Nintendo's done a few things that were like decent. I actually side note Pokemon with the way that Pokemon evolve sometimes is really funny on the switch, especially like the L creamy where you have to churn it by spinning in a circle. See that? That's adorable. I find that funny.
1: (laughs) But all the controllers have gyroscopes in them, so you could do that without the portability of the switch
0: and it's true you just like have to switch the stick around but like something like that's fun it's not yeah. like your console has a problem running the Witcher 3 which is like years <sighs> old now right yeah well I think that'll be it for us here at Blow Average Gaming you can you know find us on Twitter you can like us subscribe to us tell us how we're just a gimmick I'm fine with that I'll take your criticism Your words have no power here. I'm the captain. Well, any last words? No, I think we're all good to go. Well, you all have a good week. We'll see you again next week and every week until I reach 90 and can't find my computer anymore.